0: chaplains training in Birmingham, uh, the Florence Police Department has asked me to uh, also be an on-call voluntary chaplain for, for that department and as a result I had to go learn how to deal with things like suicides and death notifications and crime scene intervention and all this stuff and uh, they packed about three weeks worth of training into three days and really all I can tell you for sure that I came back with was a cold uh, I feel like I've been talking out of a bucket all day today, so uh, if you hear an echo, don't worry about it. I do too. Amen? But Jesus's half-brother, James, is probably one of the most straightforward men in all the Bible. He never minces his words, and if you want to know the truth, just ask him. Uh, you're going you're gonna to basically see what you get with James, uh, but today... By divine inspiration, Brother James is going to talk to us, and I want to talk to you about patience. He's going to talk to you about uh, what patience is, and I'd like to share with you about the power and the purpose of patience in the spirit-filled believer. Now, you've got to know that it's important that we know what patience is, because patience is a part of being a disciple. And you can't make a disciple until what? To make a disciple, you've got to be one. You've got to be a disciple. So turn with me to James chapter 5 and follow along as I share with you. The Lord's half-brother James wrote in chapter 5, verse 7, Therefore, be patient. How many of you are patient? (laughs) I love it. If we don't have anything else, we've got a church full of honest folks. Amen? Therefore, be patient, brethren. How long? Until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at the hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end that was intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. If all we did today was read and allow those verses to uh, change our hearts, to change our perspective, and allow those verses to change our lives, then I believe that the Father would be glorified, that Jesus would be testified, and the Holy Spirit would be magnified through our lives. Now, I really believe that if we don't learn anything else in this world, we better learn how to be patient. And if we don't learn patience, we probably won't learn much of anything else in this life. For example, you can't learn to play a musical instrument without patience. Well, how do you know this, Brother Bill? Well, uh, I can remember a time when I decided that I was going to learn how to play the guitar. And so I went to a professional and he gave me some very simple chords to practice all week long for the next lesson. I went to the next lesson the next week and I was so frustrated. I got before him and um, my, my, my fingertips were so sore that I couldn't even play the chords for my instructor. And I'll never forget what Barry told me. He said, you can't learn to play the guitar without patience you gotta have patience don't try to learn to play the guitar in one lesson what am I telling you patience takes more than one lesson we need to learn this patience really anything worth learning requires that we be patient now when the Bible uses this word patience it literally means To endure. Obviously, uh, I did not have the patience to learn to play the guitar because I was unwilling to endure sore fingertips until they were callous enough to play the guitar. But uh, I I ended up learning a little bit, just not as much as I could have learned. Now, in Galatians chapter 5, I've shared this scripture with you on many occasions. Um, Galatians chapter 5 also talks about this kind of endurance that I'm talking about with you this morning. It says that all Spirit-filled disciples uh, have long-suffering. Let me share that with you. In Galatians 5, verse 22, uh, the Bible says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and long-suffering. That's endurance. goes on to say, The fruit of the Spirit is also kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That word long-suffering there in Galatians is the same word that James uses to describe patience. We must learn to endure. James isn't really talking about waiting so much, as he is talking about, enduring, not waiting for nothing, but enduring through. It's important that we know that. Now, some of you may say, well, this message is not for me because I already know that I don't have any patience, right? Is that you? Amen. It was certainly me. Um, But I want to tell you this, because you are called to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus, you are called to learn how to endure difficult things. You're called to learn how to be patient. You're called to learn how to grow to be patient because patience glorifies God and you are called to glorify God. So uh, what do most Christians lack? What do most Christians need today? They need patience they need endurance one man said my problem is is that i'm in a hurry and god's not amen god is not in a hurry to make you a microwave christian he is in a he all he wants to do is get you in the oven and then he will do the cooking so to speak all right god is in no hurry and that is the truth we need to know that whether we're in a a big dramatic time of our life or whether we're in a routine, day-by-day thing, the Lord calls us to be faithful in this pursuit of learning to be patient. Now today, I'm going to share with you three things that I believe patience will do for you. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you how you could go about having this kind of patience. First of all, patience is necessary for maturity. Patience is necessary for your maturity. Uh, If you will look with me in James chapter 1, at the beginning of his letter, James writes in verse 2 of James chapter 1, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. But let patience have its perfect work. Don't think that just because you've gone through a test, now all of a sudden you have acquired patience. You haven't. You have to let it have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Now, it's important that we learn patience. We know that God permits trials in our life. Can I get a testimony? Anybody else gone through a trial? Just three of us? Four of us? Five? There we go. Now the truth comes out. Well, did you know that God has permitted that trial? Did you know that God permits testing of your faith? Everybody else know that? Amen. That's right. God also permits trouble. Did you know that? He permits trouble to come into your life. Why? Why would he do such a thing? For one specific reason. There's one specific purpose for trials, testing, and trouble in your life. In fact, did you know that God actually creates some trouble for you? Isn't he nice? It's like, God, don't do me any more favors, okay? You know? But there is one specific purpose. I mean, God says, just count it as joy that you're going through trouble. Count it as joy that you're going through this trial. Why? Well, he says, I've got a purpose in it. There's a reason you're going through this trouble. There's a reason you're going through this trial. I have a purpose in it. Trouble is going to come. My brethren, count on all joy when you face various trials. Not if, but when you face various trials. Trouble's coming. All right? You see, every person in here is in one of three boats. You are just now getting out of trouble. You are already in trouble. Or you're getting ready to face some serious trouble, whether you know it or whether you don't. All of us are in one of those three boats. But why? Why? Why do I have to go through this trial? Why do I have to go through this trouble? Why this testing of my faith? For one reason, and one specific reason only, really. Because verse 3 says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The Lord wants to teach us patience. He wants us to teach us to wait on him. He wants to grow us in our patience, in our endurance. Now, um, how many of you have ever asked the Lord for patience? Be honest. Raise it high. I want to see. Amen. Are y'all nuts? Have you lost your brains? When you pray for patience, do you know what you're really praying for? Romans 5.3 says that we glory in tribulations knowing that tribulations produce patience. So when you pray for patience, do you know what you're praying for? You're praying for tribulations. You're praying for some trouble. You're praying for some testing to come upon you. You're praying for a test of your patience. What does a tribulation do for you? It produces patience. It produces endurance. It produces perseverance in the fire. It produces those things. So when you say, Lord, give me patience, you're saying, Lord, send me tribulations. Why would you do that? I don't know. So many of you say, well, okay, I get it, Brother Bill. I just won't pray for patience anymore. Right? That's it, man. I don't want no more trouble. So I'm just not going to pray for any more patience. I got all I need. Well, you need to remember this. That trouble... That tribulation, that testing that you're going through is designed to work for you, not against you. That trouble, that testing, that that difficult time in your life is, is designed to help you, not hurt you. And so when you say that, Lord, give me patience. And that tribulation comes upon you. Know that the Lord is trying to make you better, not worse. Trials troubles testings to the Christian they're not obstacles they're opportunities opportunities for you to grow in your faith opportunities for you to grow in your patience and in your endurance they're there for your maturity not for your destruction did you hear it there in uh, again in verse 3 knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience but let patience have its perfect work why so that you may be perfect complete lacking nothing God wants you to be perfect complete and lacking nothing now you might say well brother bill ain't nobody perfect right but when when the bible is talking about you being perfect it doesn't mean it wants you to be sinless When James is talking about you being made perfect, he's talking about you uh, can be complete. Nobody lives above sin unless they're living in a room above a bar, right? I mean, everybody has sin in their life, right? So we know that. But being perfect means we can be made mature. We can be made complete. Uh, We can enjoy all the things that the Lord has in store for us. If I were to say, man, that is a perfect flower. Do I mean that that's a sinless flower? No. I mean, it's beautiful. It's perfectly shaped. Uh, I saw a little baby here last week, a little porter, and I said, man, that is a perfect baby. Did I mean that was a sinless baby? No. I mean, that baby was perfectly formed in every way, an absolutely beautiful baby. So uh, when I'm talking about being made perfect, I'm not talking about being sinless. I'm talking about being complete. Uh, And that's one of the things that troubles and tribulations bring to us in building patience complete, making it complete. For example, do you know what an oak tree is? An oak tree is nothing more than a mature acorn. Does that make sense to you? That's what it is. It's nothing more than a mature acorn. And when you feel discouraged and you're feeling a little blue, look at that mighty oak and just see what a nut can do. Amen? That's you, right? You can be made mature. You can be made complete. You can grow in your patience. You can grow in your endurance. And that's God's design for your life. And if it takes a little bit of tribulation it takes a little bit of trouble well then the lord is perfectly happy to provide that for you so that you'll get the greatest benefit and that you will lack nothing did you hear what james said he said i want you to be perfect complete lacking nothing and so if the lord's going to bring that to you uh for you to lack nothing then that's a good thing god says you got faith i already know that but i want it to grow I want it to be deeper. I want it to be more intimate. I want it to be mature. And the only way, are you listening? The only way that your faith can mature is by endurance. The only way that your faith is going to grow is by patience. So when you're facing a trial of some sort, don't pray, Lord, take it away. Don't say, Lord, take it away. Say, Lord, help me to endure this trial. Lord, help me to be matured so that I can glorify you. Now, when you look at your trouble from that perspective, you get a little bit of a different picture. Now, all of a sudden, that trial you're going through, that trouble that you're enduring uh, has much greater purpose than just to cause you discomfort. God wants to do something miraculous through your life. All right? Say this. Say, Lord, grant me the wisdom. Grant me the courage. Grant me the understanding so I won't fail this test. Because what happens when you fail a test with God? Say it again. You get to take it again. Amen. And if you fail at that time, what happens then? You get to take it again. That's right. So why don't you just study up for the test to begin with? Why don't you just know that whatever that trouble is, whatever that tribulation is, it's part of a test, and you're going to pray the right way, asking God to be glorified as he works through you in the midst of that trouble, knowing that he wants to build perseverance in your life, patience in your life, and endurance in your life. So, just study in advance. Say, Lord, give me wisdom so I can pass this test. What spiritual ability is it that you want me to learn through this trouble? Lord, grant me the patience and endurance to learn this lesson. So, what is the purpose of patience? Number one, God does not want you to be a spiritual cream puff. God wants you to be deeper than that. He wants you to be mature. And as he said in James, he wants you to lack nothing. He wants you to be complete in your faith. Amen. But not only is maturity one of the purposes of patience, patience is also necessary for victory. Back to James chapter 1 in verse 12. James wrote, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. It sounds like to me that impatient people are not getting the crown of life. Is that what it sounds like to you? Kind of sounds that way, doesn't it? But that crown of life is not the crown of life that you get in the sweet by and by, that's the crown of life that you get in the nasty here and now. Amen. It's the victory that we can get. Uh, In this life. So it's so important that we know that patience is necessary. Uh, It doesn't refer to the crown we get in heaven. But the, the victory we can obtain here on earth. But know this. No victory comes without endurance. No victory comes without perseverance. Without hanging in there. If you don't bear the cross, then you can't wear that crown. If you don't bear the cross in your life, you cannot obtain that victory in your life. God wants us to have the victory, but we need to know most of us don't want that kind of victory, do we? We don't want the kind of victory that comes with me having to persevere something. I don't want that kind of victory that comes with me having to endure hard times. That's sad. God wants it. He, you know, Instead of that, that name it and claim it and then forget all the rest, God wants us to grasp hold of the trouble, grasp hold of the trial and the tribulation that we're enduring, knowing that it's designed to make us complete. So important. You may remember in our revival services, Brother Larry mentioned that this this ministry that we have is uh, not all honey and no bees. We've got some difficulties that we have to endure, but we learned that we just got to give it a little bit of effort. We learn that we've got to endure a little discomfort from time to time. We learn that we've got to get outside of this box that we've constructed for ourselves. We learn that we've got to get outside of our circle of close-knit friends and start sharing the Lord Jesus with them. So there's so many things that we have to do if we're going to enjoy this victory and become more like Jesus. Sometimes it takes a little bit of difficulty, a little bit of discomfort, but you know, if, if you think you got trouble, you should read in this book about the Apostle Paul. Paul's life was filled with trouble. His life in Christ was absolutely, I mean, every page it seemed like he was in trouble. Just listen to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul wrote to his believing friends in Corinth and he said, We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are struck down, but we're not destroyed. Always carrying about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus. Get this, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our bodies. Is that the goal for your life? That the life of Jesus be made manifest through your life, through your body? Do you desire that? Is that exactly what the Lord wants for your life? It is. I would love for the life of Jesus to be seen through my life. That people would come to him because of how the Lord has used my life. But if I don't bear the cross, then I can't wear the crown. You have to get outside the box. You have to get outside of my circle of friends. And I've got to be faithful and endure. Yes, God wants you to have victory. He wants you to have victory in your life. But I'm telling you that endurance is necessary for victory. It's also necessary for maturity. But so many people these days are like a city with its walls broken down. The enemy just storms in. The devil comes against you. He just walks right in. There's no doors. There's no walls. There's no alarms. There's no no doors or anything. You're just open season for the devil. And it's because we don't have any discipline. It's because we haven't substituted the life of Christ for our own life. If we'd only learned to do that, then the devil would have a much harder time coming and having victory in our lives. The reason so many people, Christians, have not made disciples is because they are not one themselves. Because the life of Christ is made manifest in the life of his followers. God help us. Help us learn to endure the difficulties. Endure the challenges that beset us as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Patience. It's necessary for maturity. Patience. It's necessary for victory. But there's a third and final component, and that is patience is necessary for tranquility. Tranquility is nothing but a $5 word for peace. I spoke about peace a little bit last week. We all want peace. We want maturity, victory, and tranquility. Now, if you know that you have maturity and you know that you have victory, then I want you to know you're going to experience peace in your life. You're going to experience this tranquility in your life. Now, if you'll go back with me to James chapter 5, I want to share that passage again. Verse 7. James writes to me, he writes to you, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives both the earthly and the latter rain. You also be patient, established in your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Don't grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed. We count them blessed who endure. You've heard of the perseverance of Job, and you've seen the end that was intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate. Oh, how he loves you. And he's very merciful. He wants to forgive you. So important to realize that patience is necessary for tranquility. Did you catch that verse in verse 11? Blessed is he. Blessed is he who endures. Endurance is absolutely necessary for tranquility. Now, what James is talking about here... Is something that's called the law of the harvest. Many of you have heard this before. You know what the law of the harvest is. The law of the harvest is this. We reap what we sow. We reap more than we sow. And we reap later than we sow. Important to know that. So what is James saying about the harvest? What is he saying? He's saying that any farmer needs to be patient. He's got to wait on the crops to grow before he brings a harvest. That means it takes some patience. It takes some endurance. He's got to hang in there. He's got to put the seed in the ground. He's got to cultivate it. Then he's got to wait for it. There's no instant harvest. There's no instant harvest. It takes time and we got to wait on it. Paul wrote to the Galatian church in chapter 6. He said, Do not grow weary while you're doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. What does that tell in Bethel Baptist Church? We just got to keep on doing what God's called us to do. Keep on being faithful and the harvest will come in due season. But the problem with me is I want it now. Amen? Amen. I want the harvest now, even if that means immature fruit. I want it now. But if God's not ready for the harvest to take place, then it's not going to take place. It will be less than fruitful. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to have difficulty if you try to hurry the harvest. I'm going to be in real big trouble as your pastor if I try to hurry the harvest. I'm going to lose my peace if I try to hurry the harvest. Let me give you an illustration and then I'll be done. Abraham tried to hurry the harvest. In Genesis chapter 16, God promised Abraham a son. A promised son whom he would call Isaac. But Abraham couldn't wait on God. He couldn't wait on God. And uh, Abraham and Sarah, they got a little antsy and they were unwilling to wait on God's perfect timing. He couldn't trust God. And so while he was on a business trip in Egypt, he went down there and he picked him up another woman. He picked up Hagar, the Egyptian. And when he got home, Sarah looked at him and said, I want children and I want them now. So I want you to go, take that maidservant, and I want you to father me a child. I want a child. I want it now. You know, there are a lot of things that are legal that aren't right. Amen? Abortion is legal, but it's not right. Gay marriage is legal, but it's not right. Well, this kind of behavior was legal in Abraham's day, but it still didn't make it right. And I mentioned this in Sunday school this morning, that it's always scary when God lets me have my own way. Because I may have my own way, and I may be all happy-faced for a little while, but I know the bomb's getting ready to drop. And there have been times in my life where I have had, gotten my own way, and God says, okay, have your own way. And the, that, those are the worst parts of my life as I remember them, when I got my own way. God let Abraham and Sarah have their own way. And when they got their own way, they didn't like what they got. A guy named George McDonald once said this. He said, in whatever a man does without God, he must fail miserably or succeed even more miserably. They got what they wanted, but then in the end, they didn't want what they get. I heard about a little boy named Johnny. Poor Johnny he always gets the brunt, doesn't he? But little Johnny loved pancakes and he was so greedy for the pancakes every time he sat down at the table he was the one that ate all the pancakes and he would constantly want more 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 pancakes one day his mom said i'm going to show him and so she said i'm going to give him all he can eat and then some and so she sat him down at the table and she started mixing the batter up and uh she sat down a big old plate of pancakes before him and he ate them Then she said here johnny have some more pancakes and and he ate them and he sat down and finished that plate, and she sat another plate before him, and he ate them. And she said, here, have some more pancakes. And, and he ate them. And after a while, Johnny quit asking for pancakes. And she said, don't you want to have some more pancakes? And he said, no, ma'am, I don't even want the ones that I had. <laughs> Amen? Is that a testimony to your life? Things you thought you wanted, and then when you got them, you didn't want them? When Sarah gets what she wants... That's when the trouble begins. When she gets what she wants, that's when the trouble begins. And guess what she starts doing? She starts blaming others. It reminds me of the Garden of Eden. Amen. You get what they want and they start blaming somebody else. The devil made me do it. He made me do it. Adam said she made me do it. Right? Well, what does Sarah do? Sarah starts blaming Abraham. Listen to chapter 16 in Genesis, verse 5. Then Sarah said to Abram, My wrong be upon you, Abraham. I have gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. And then later on in that same chapter, something that changed the course of history as we know it took place. For in verse 15, Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abraham tried to hurry the harvest. He wanted things done his way. And when he tried to hurry the harvest, the Arab nation was born. No more peace for the sons of Abraham. And if you didn't know it, even today, Israel is sending missiles into Syria, an Arab nation. Even today, Iran threatens the peace of Israel. The Muslim nation was born. Why? Because Abraham hurried the harvest. He wouldn't wait. He wouldn't be patient. He wouldn't wait on God. He wouldn't endure the test of time to receive God's best. The sons. Of Ishmael. Created the Muslim. And Arab nation as we know it today. And now there is no peace. All because. Abraham hurried. The harvest. Now back in James chapter 5 verse 11. I believe that James makes it so plain. He says. Behold we count them blessed. We count them happy. We count them tranquil. We count them peaceful. Those who. Endure. Those who wait on the Lord's timing. Those who wait for our Father. Friend, let me tell you this. If you're willing to learn and not dodge this matter of patience, if you're willing to learn and not dodge this matter of enduring the test of time to wait on God's perfect timing, then you're going to find out that you'll have three things you're going to need tomorrow morning. You'll be on the road for maturity. You'll be on the road to victory. And you'll have tranquility in your life. But don't try to hurry the harvest. Wait on the Lord your God. Wait on the Lord your God. We need maturity. We need victory. We need tranquility. Are you listening to your pastor this morning? We need those things in our life. And you can save a whole lot of time just waiting on God. Waiting on God. There are so many things in this life that we can't control. In fact, most things in this life we can't control. Tell me some things that happen in our life that we can't control. Anybody? We can't control the weather. Amen on that. I'm about soggy. Amen. What else can't we not control? Can't control sickness a lot of times. That's right. We can curb it, but we can't prevent it. What else? What else can we not prevent or not control? Death, that's big. What else? How about pregnancy? <laughs> Amen. Not only, not only the wind, but how it goes once you get that way. Amen. What else? Wars. Can you control people? can't control anybody else's life. You can't really force them. It may go your way for, for a time, but eventually it's going to go the way that God wants it to go. So you can't control those things. So many things that we cannot control. Can we control the economy? Not really. I mean, I might can do my own, my own little part, but I can't control the economy. So what you can't control, you need to learn to endure. What you can't control, you need to learn to wait on God. Be patient for God's perfect work to be done through the course of that. To make a disciple, you first got to be one. And you can't be a disciple unless you're learning to be more patient. You can't be an effective disciple unless you're learning this truth about endurance. Now, every one of you, as I look out into these faces, every one of you, I see things that you have either endured, are enduring, or maybe getting ready to endure. I want to encourage you to wait on the Lord in the midst. Wait on the Lord knowing that God desires it for your Perfection, your completeness, and he desires that you will lack nothing even through it. And then when you endure it, you'll be able to enjoy even more maturity, even more victory, and even more tranquility, more peace. You know, if you don't have a relationship with God, you might look at me and say, what in the world is that guy talking about? As I examine my life in the mirror, I see that I'm not mature. I see that I'm not spiritually mature. As I look at my life, I see i got no victory. And judging from my stress level, I see that I've got no peace. Well, I want you to know that what I'm talking about this morning comes through an active relationship with God, that only comes through Jesus. So if that's something you desire, if you desire some of the things that I've talked about this morning, I want you to know that this invitation is for you. You need to know that you can believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and that by believing in him, you can have this relationship with God that you so desire. Let me pray for you today.